Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, I'm actually very excited tonight to, uh, to be able to preach the word. Uh, it was interesting because I had this word kind of for a while, for like at least a month, and I'm just kind of thinking about it. Every time I'm praying, I'm like, I, I feel this word in me. And, uh, and this week, I was like, you know what? I actually want to ask Dima to preach. Like, I never asked Dima to preach. I was like, I'm, I, like I, I, I wanted to do that. And, and Dima actually asked me uh, to, to, to preach on, you know, and so I'm like, you know what? I got a word. I'm like, I, I kind of didn't want to because kind of busy at work, and I'm like, I got all these things, but, but I got this word burning in, in, in my heart, and so I just want to, I don't know, just release it today. Uh, I hope you guys are ready to hear the word of God, and uh, before we start, let's pray and ask that the Holy Spirit would speak to us, you'd open up our hearts, that this word would be something that would build us and edify us and change us in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. We praise you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that makes the word alive. We thank you, Lord, that your word is not just, it's, it's not just written in stone, but your word is alive. It's made alive by your Holy Spirit. And I pray tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would make this word real in our hearts. Open up our hearts, Lord, tonight, I pray, because only you, Lord, only you can reveal the word. Only you can, can change us. Only you, God, can do the work in our hearts. We need you tonight. Holy Spirit, speak. I pray that you would speak to all of us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to talk tonight about this topic of God changing our hearts, about God changing us. I guess kind of for, for a title, it would be God has the power. God has the power. Tell your neighbor, God has the power. God has the power. In Scripture, in Scripture we find a balance. We find a balance in, in, in the way that God shows us uh, what salvation is, how we live a Christian life. There's things that God does, right? And there's things that we do. There's things that only God can do in our life, and there's things that, that we have to do. There's a balance. It's not like one or the other. There's a very good balance in the Bible. Um, I want you to turn over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, find a Christian somewhere around you. Ask him, can I look at your Bible with you? All right, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. You know, I, I, uh, I kind of wanted to ask this question. Does anybody still have any of these uh, Bible, uh, Bible plans in, in their Bible that they use as bookmarks? Who uses one? Who uses one? A couple people only? Wow. Just for like a Bible, like a Bible marker. Yeah, okay. I, you know, I, this question has always been on my mind. I'm really curious. Who has the oldest one? Let's see who has the oldest one. So I have a 2016. I think in one of my Bibles I have a 2013. Does anybody have one older? 2011? Oh, man, we got to put that up in the youth store for sale or something. That's going to be antique one day. All right. Uh, that's awesome. All right, so Philippians chapter 2, verses 12. I hope you guys have it. Uh, I'm going to read it. Uh, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out, somebody say work out, work out, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, 
For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, I want to see uh, um, if, no, could you put that verse up, uh, the New Living Translation on the screen? It says, Dear friends, you've always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So, we see here a balance in, the, in these verses. We see that God is working in us, but at the same time, we see that we need to work hard. We need to show the results of our salvation. So we have a balance. We have, you know, on the one hand, God is the one that saves us. God is the one that works in our life. You know, we need God for our, for our everyday life. We need God to help us. We need God to sustain us. We need God to, to, to help us through everything. You know, salvation starts with God, right? There's God's part of it where the Bible says that God chooses us, not we choose God, right? The Bible says that God predestines us, God finds us, and He chooses us, right? Because Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And uh, who, can come to the, who can come to Jesus if they're not drawn by the Father? So we have verses, we have scriptures that say that God chooses us. But at the same time, we have scriptures that say that we choose God where we're always given a choice. Choose this day whom you will serve. All right, so there's a good balance. There's, there's both. It's not like one, you know, it's either God chooses us or we choose God. No, it's both. Uh, and, and we see a good balance where on the one hand, God helps us, God sustains us. And on the other hand, we have to do our part. We have to do things in order to live a Christian life, in order to have uh, in order to have victory in our life, in order to see uh, something happen, we need to, to do our end of the uh, our end of the uh, of the part. You know, the, it says that work hard, but at the same time, God is working in us. So who's who's more important? You know, they're both important, right? They're both both sides are very important. And you know, there's certain things like righteousness. How much of righteousness is from us? Zero, right? We have no righteousness. There's, we don't have any right standing before God. Just by our own deeds or our own, um, our own flesh, our own, you know, you know, trying to work out our salvation. Without God, we can do nothing, right? We, we do nothing without God. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. That's what the Bible says. Filthy rags. So you can't please God by yourself. But at the same time, God can't do all the work, right? God, God's not going to pray for you. God's not going to read the Bible for you. There's things that we do and there's things that God does. And so I want to be careful to highlight that, that it's not only one-sided, it's both. It's not like there's only one thing, there's both. We do the work and God does the work. But tonight I want to talk about God doing the work in our hearts because we need the Holy Spirit to change us. We need, we need God to, to help us. Anybody that, that will say that I can do it by myself, I don't need God, or, you know, I, you know it's mostly me, but I, God helps me where, where I'm weak. No, we, all of us, our flesh is weak, and so we need God. And tonight, I want to talk about this God working in you. God has power to change your life. God has power to change all of our lives. And the thing that we see today is many Christians, their life is not changing. And we wonder what's happening, what's going on. Um, I'm actually going to read, some, uh, I remember I read some statistics in, in Mexico. So some re- really interesting statistics. 
Today, about 1,000 Christians stop reading the Bible every day. 3,500 stop going to church every day. So when you look at the chart chart of church attendance, it's going down right now. Very, very, very steeply down. Bigger churches, they're growing because people go from smaller churches. And you can see that because 4,000 churches close every year. 1,000 new churches open up. So that means the average of eight churches closing a day. 50 pastors quit the ministry every day. 68% of men in the church admitted to watching pornography. 50% of pastors admitted to watching pornography. So we see something is not right. There's a lot of those statistics are not good. We see something in America is not being done right. Something is wrong. Something is, is going down right now. And no matter, you know, we can say, no, God is doing, yeah, God can work in our church. Praise God he is. But when, we, when you look at, at the scope, when you look at all the churches in America, something is not right. And we see that we have a lack of God's power in the churches. We have a lack of God, God's power in everyday lives. Everyday, practical, practically, we're not seeing God's power. We're not seeing God helping people. Uh, turn, over to, uh, turn over to 1 Peter chapter, three, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 3 through 5. 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 5. I'm just, I'm just going to give a little bit of teaching right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach in a little bit, but I want to, you know, first teach a little bit. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 5. It says this. It says, Blessed be the... Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. And I want us to read this this verse together, this, this fifth verse, if you have a New King James. Read it out loud, ready? One, two, three. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So it says that we are kept by what? By the power of God through faith, right? So we see, again, we see this balance. The power of God in, right, power, we are kept by the power of God through what? Through faith. So faith is, that means we got to have faith in God in order for God to help us or else, you know, no Christian would ever backslide. Everybody would just have, you know, God's power in their life. But, we have to have faith, but at the same time, we are kept by God's power. In the NIV, it says, through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Shielded by God. So it's like there's, there's a wall around us of shields or like a wall of fire that you know, the Israelites had between them and the Egyptians or the, the ring of fire that Andre Noah had. You know, there's... There's, there's a wall, there's something around us. It says that we are kept, we are guarded, we are shielded by God's power. So we see that we are, uh, that God is working in our hearts. God is giving us desires. And He's also around us. He's surrounding us. He's guarding us with His power. And this is something that keeps us uh, with God. This is something that we need. We need God's power in our everyday life. We need it because without it, we don't. We, it's, it's very difficult to live a Christian life without God's power. Actually, I would say it's impossible. Yeah. You know, you look, at, you look at Peter, Apostle Peter. 
Who of a better teacher could he, uh, could, could he have had uh, other than Jesus? Nobody, right? Jesus, he had Jesus for three and a half years. He had him, I mean, Jesus was with him. He was one of his top three guys. He walked with him. He mentored him. He taught him. He rebuked him. I mean, he had Jesus, you know, with everything. Like, I mean, he had him for everything. And so Peter had this great opportunity to learn. And what did Peter do the night that Jesus was arrested? What did he do? He denied. He betrayed Jesus. Even though he was saying, no, Jesus, listen, you got to listen. I am going to be there for you. I don't care if I have to die on a cross. I'm going to be there for you. And, and he, I mean, he promised, right? He promised, Jesus, I promise you, I will not leave you. He gave all these big promises, you know, but what happened in the end? Not enough power, right? No power. He, he didn't have it inside of him. He, you know, sometimes we do that. We make promises to Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, but we never see anything happen because there's no power behind there. And what happened on the day of Pentecost? We read this uh, to, uh, today, right? Holy Spirit fell down. God came. And what did Peter do? Actually, it's in tomorrow's, but I, I read it for today just because it's a good point to, to my sermon today. What did Peter do? He stood up. You know, he pointed to them. He said, this is that what Joel was speaking about. And he called them. What, what did he say? He said, you guys murdered Jesus. You guys killed him. You put him on a cross. Now repent. And he was just, I mean, bold, you know, and just kind of, just he was preaching, right? And, and what happened? He was filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Something happened. Something came. There was a difference. And we see that because God said in his word, he said, uh, we read that yesterday, right, in Acts 1.8, you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be what? To be witnesses. That means you're going you're gonna to live for God. You're going to be a witness. You're going to have power to live a Christian life. God never intended Christianity without God's power. He never, it's, it's impossible. It's, God never intended it. You know, God sent, uh, God sent uh, Jesus Christ to die on a cross to die for our sins. But it wasn't just the cross. The cross wasn't enough. What happened after the cross? Pentecost, right? Pentecost. And the cross frees us from sin, but Pentecost keeps us from sin. So the cross, it freed us, it, it gave us new hope, it gave us new life. But Pentecost, the, the day when the Holy Spirit came, it keeps us. It gives us power to live as true Christians. And today I want to talk about a couple things that I see that we need in our life in order to have God's power in our everyday walk, in our practical lives. Because if it's not in our everyday walk, if it's not practical, what good is it? If we can't use it, you know, day to day. And I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about, uh, number one, is total surrender to the Holy Spirit. And number two is prayer. Just, those aren't, maybe those aren't the only two things, but those are just two things that God put on my heart as I was um, kind of meditating on this and praying about this. Total surrender to the Holy Spirit. A lot of people are not surrendered to the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is a person, right? We know the Holy Spirit is a person. And a lot of times we have this terminology in Christianity. It's be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? How many of you guys heard that, right? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. We, we've all heard that. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's biblical. It's, a good, it's, it's the right terminology. Uh, but a lot of times we kind of, we think of being filled with the Holy Spirit as something like God is standing in heaven with this, you know, big jug of water and he's just like pouring into us and kind of, you know, like, oh man, today's prayer was great. I am 
now halfway, you know, I'm filled halfway with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, like I'm, you know, not all the way filled, but I'm halfway filled. You know, we, we kind of think of it as a jug. You kind of, you pour water in a jug and, you know, it's filled. Uh, but I want to say, uh, there's, I want to give a, di- a little bit different perspective on it. You know, let's say a person is demonically possessed, okay? What is going on with the person? What, what, what is happening with them? You guys could just, what, what, what do you guys think? What is happening to that person? What can you say about that person? The, de- the demon is pretty much possessed. Him. The de- yeah, he's demon possessed. Okay, can, 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 we say, can we say a different, maybe a different uh, description of, of that in a different way? You guys could just, huh? Manifesting? Through the person, manifesting through the person. What is the demon? Control, yes. He is, con- so the, he, uh, the, I was just thinking about this. When, when someone is demon possessed, what, what are they? They are controlled by, by that demonic entity or spirit. They're controlled. They, you know, they do things that they don't want to do. Right? So things happen, you must said they manifesting. They manifest, they do things, not because they want to do it, but because they are controlled. They are, you know, we, we, we want to say, like, so we, we might say filled, but filled kind of sounds weird. So they're, you know, they're possessed, they're controlled by an evil spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit is a person. And, a, and, you know, when a person comes inside of you, he will control you. The Holy Spirit wants to control us. The Holy Spirit is, is not just wanting to pour out something into us, like, you know, kind of God standing from heaven, like pouring a little bit, like here, just, just have a little bit of a, you know, a, a, a cup full of water. No, God wants to control us. The Holy Spirit wants to control our life. He doesn't want to just come inside and just, you know, make us feel good. That's, that's not what He's about. The Holy Spirit wants to take over. He wants to get into the driver's seat and he wants to, to totally, we say, fill, yeah, fill control. You know, that's a good, uh, another word to describe it. He wants to control our life. He wants to take over. He wants to come in and take over. And the thing about God, which is, you know, contrary to, to, to like a, uh, a person that's demon-possessed, the demons, they don't care if a person wants to or not. They're coming in and they're, and they're you know, making it their home. God never does that. God doesn't come in and just, you know, kind of just break down the door and just, you're, you know, I'm, I'm taking over and I'm doing things here my way. God never does that. Even though we like it. I don't know about you. I would love for that to happen. But, you know, that's what demons do. Demons, they come in and if, if a person opens up to demonic, you know, spirits or maybe they, a lot of times horror movies or, you know, other, other things, demons, they come in and they, they come in and they take over without the person wanting it. You know, or not. They open up their heart. That's why you should never watch horror movies. Those are the worst kind of movies to watch ever. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is not like that. He never does anything without your approval. Right? God never does anything without you saying, yes, you know, I, I agree to it. He'll never send you anywhere. He'll never tell you. He'll never uh, work with you in a way where you don't give him the green light. Where, where if you don't give him the green light, he's not going to come and he's not going to take over. The Holy Spirit is waiting for our green light. We have to remember that we have a free will. And God wants to come into our life, but he's waiting for us. He's waiting for us to say, yes, Lord. 
we, you know, I allow you to. That, that's, that's his will. That's what the Holy Spirit is, is looking for. He's looking for our approval. He's, he's looking for us to say, yes, Lord, come. You know, right now, I need you. You know, because God said in, in Jeremiah, he said that I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. Uh, and I, actually, Pastor read this on Sunday. I remember Pastor was preaching. I'm like, I'm telling I'm being, I'm like, this is so, like, I, I have this on my heart. I'm like, me and Pastor, are, you know, it's good to be you know, on the same page as Pastor. Uh, and, and, I'm, and he read that. It was, you know, it says, it says that this is the covenant that I will make with Israel. I will put my law in their mind and, on their, and I will write it on their heart and I will be their God and they shall be my people. God's not looking to just kind of bless us on Sunday or on Friday, just get a, have us have a little taste of God. He wants to take over. He wants to write his laws on our hearts. He wants to write his laws on our minds. He wants to engrave it in us. He wants us to, to become uh, saturated in, in his word, changed completely by God. That's what... That's what he wants to do. And a lot of times people resist this aspect. This, 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 they don't want the Holy Spirit to take over. They don't want the Holy Spirit to come and to, and to remove things that, that, that they like. You know, this is the question that I hear a lot of the times. Uh, probably I hear this question more than any other question from, you know, from, from people like you know, people in my G12, people at work. You hear this question very often. Uh, the question is, where does it say in the Bible that I'm not allowed to do that? Where does the Bible, show me in the Bible where I'm not allowed to do that. You guys, has anyone ever heard that question? Show me in the Bible where, where I'm not allowed to drink. Show me in the Bible where I'm not allowed to smoke. Show me, just give me a verse. Explain to me why this is wrong. Explain to me, show me. Show me why uh, does, is listening to this kind of music not okay. Why, does, why is listening to, uh, what's that music? It's not techno, but it, what's the music that's very, EDM, EDM, dubstep. Why is listening to, to this kind of music, why is it wrong? What's so wrong with it? There's no words in it. What's so wrong with this kind of music? Come on, what's so wrong with these kind of movies? There's nothing wrong with it. There's, show, show me in the Bible, show me a scripture. You know, I hear this question a lot. And what, what I really don't like about this kind of question is that this question is completely wrong in every, every single way. You know, can you imagine God set us free from sin? Jesus Christ came down to earth, and he came, uh, he was, you know, beaten and whipped, and he drank the cup of God's wrath. Uh, all of our sins were placed upon him. He suffered like no one else has ever suffered. He went on the cross he freed us from sin, and now he comes to us and says, you're free from sin. You're a new believer. You're a new creation. The blood washes you clean. You're free. You have the spirit now. And now we say, okay, God, you know, that's, that's awesome. But can I enjoy the, these sins a, a little bit? You know, I, I know, I know you freed me from sin, but can I enjoy this still a little bit? I know, I know you came to die, and, and I know how bad sin is. You know, actually, I was thinking about how wicked sin is. That was the only thing that the devil could bring into the world to go against God. You know, I, I was thinking about that. Sin is the only thing that devil brought in to, to try to abort the plan of God when God brought in people, when God made Adam and Eve. And he tried to bring in sin to stop God's plan, you know, to, to, to go against God's creation. 
He brought sin. Sin is something so wicked that, that God hates it so much that he destroyed the whole world with a flood, right? Because of sin. It was because of sin that God destroyed the whole world. Uh, you know, he destroyed, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of actually funny that, uh, that people were living for so long, like 800, 900 years, that there was so much sin in the world. And I kind of have this theory, I never heard it before, but it's kind of a theory that I have, that, uh, that the longer you live, the more sin you have if it's not controlled by God. And during that time, there's no law, there's no Holy Spirit, so people just went crazy. And the Bible says that everything they thought, everything that they did was all sin, right? Everything. It was all sinful. So God's like, no, I got I to gotta destroy the world, you know, hit the restart button and, you know, make the world new again uh, because there's so much sin. That's how much God hates sin. And so when you look at a person that's been freed from God or been freed by God, not from God, by God, has been washed uh, by the blood of Jesus and then they go back to sin and, and say, well, how close can I get to sin? How close? I know that God died for me. I know that he set me free. But, but what's the line? Where, where can I go up until where, where it's not technically considered a sin and, and I don't go to hell? Where can, how close can I go? See, that's the wrong kind of question because when God saves us, we should be, we should be seeing how close we can get to God. Christianity is not, a, is not a religion of trying to see how close we can get to sin. It's a, Christianity is trying to see how close we can get to God, how, how, much we can, how much of His grace we can walk in, and how, how much we can be filled with His peace and joy. Christianity is not about tiptoeing the line of sin and seeing how close. Are, are you sure that's wrong? What does it say in the Bible? Like, we're, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it like that. Mm, I don't know. You know, that, that's, that's not the right approach. That's not how we look at, at, at God sending His Son and then sending the Holy Spirit to free us, to, to give us power. And then we say, mm, I don't know, maybe, maybe I, can, I can do this a little bit. Because nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, people, they say, oh, but we're free. We're free in God. We're free to do whatever we want. Yeah, we're free to be slaves of Christ, right? We're free to be slaves of righteousness, the Bible says, slaves of righteousness. It says in Romans 6, uh, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? Romans 6, uh, verse 1 and 2. How can we, if we die to sin, how can we keep going in sin? How can we continue to, to walk in sin or, or to walk around sin, tiptoeing the line and, and saying, God, I know you freed me, but yet I still don't want to give up my, uh, my, my desires and the, the, my fleshly desires and the things that I have inside of me. I don't want to give that up, but at the same time, I know I want to serve God, but yet I don't want to give up those things that, that are so comfortable and so nice and so you know this is just my life and I love to live that but but the Bible shows us completely different that God he doesn't just want he doesn't want to keep he doesn't want us to stay around that line he wants us to pursue him he wants us to run after him he wants us to to get filled with his presence to the point where those things are so you know that we don't even care about them they're so or they're so worldly. You know, right now, I don't care at all. You know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I don't care about those things that I, that I thought were so important. And sometimes we think, man, I can't give that up. This, 
It's too important. It's too much fun. Listen, when you pursue God, when you, when, when you allow the Holy Spirit to take over you, when you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and you say, Holy, Holy Spirit, I, I, I allow you to do whatever you want. I give up my desires. And when you begin to pursue God instead, something changes. You don't even care about those things that you had before. You don't even care. You, 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 there's nothing in you. There's nothing in you that will even want it. Uh, but, you know, and what's funny, what's funny is that a lot of people that, that say, you know, oh, we're supposed to be free in God. We're supposed to have freedom. You know, God set us free to do whatever we want as long as we're saved. People want just to, you know, get out of jail free card. You know, people want to get saved. Oh, okay, I'm saved. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go to hell. I got my fire insurance. Everything's okay. Now I can go back to doing, what, what, you know, what, what, whatever I was doing before. But that's not what God wants. And what's, what's interesting is those same people that say we have to be free are the same people that bring the law back into their life by saying, give me the rules. Show me what I can do. Show me what I can't do. You know, show me what I'm allowed to do. You know, show me what's wrong, and then show me what's, what's okay to do. And so that way, I know how to live my life and, and base it according to these rules. Base it according to the rules of do's and don'ts. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. I can do this, and I can do Okay, that's fine. Just show me, show me what I can and cannot do, and that way, I'll know, I'll know how to live my life. And what's funny is that makes Christianity into the same religion as everything else. The same principles in religion are found in Buddhists, uh, Buddhism and Muslims and everything. You do good, you get rewarded for it. You do bad, you get punishment. And that's what some, sometimes that's what we say. We say, God, show me, or sh- show me what I can do, the, my do's, and show me my don'ts so I know what's right and what's wrong so I, could live, so I can live my life according to these desires that I have. But that's not what God is looking for. That's not the Christianity of the Bible. Because the Holy Spirit wants to come in and He wants to give us power. Not only to overcome uh, sins and, uh, and, and not, not only to get saved, but to overcome all sins. And another thing that we have is uh, the other thing that I was thinking about is prayer. Prayer. And you know what's interesting is a lot of times, people, a lot of times when we we surrender to God, but we don't see the Holy Spirit working in our life. We surrender to, to God. We say, yes, Lord, take over. But we don't see God's power in our life. We don't see the Holy Spirit helping us day to day. We don't see it. And a lot of times, it's because we lack prayer. A lot of times, it's because we are not seeking God in prayer. And prayer is something, like I said earlier, prayer is something that we do that opens up God's grace in our life. Prayer is our end of the deal. Prayer is what we have to do. When we're not praying, we, we're not connected. We don't, we, don't have, we don't have the source of God's strength flowing into us. Prayer is what opens up that, that door. Prayer is what gives us power. Prayer is what unlocks where, where God says, okay, when you pray, you can, you can have my strength. You can have... You can have my power because you're praying, you're with me. Jesus said to his disciples this, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your spirit is, is willing, but we have to, that's why Jesus said you have to pray. Watch and pray. 
lest you enter into temptation. Watch and pray. Be vigilant. Prayer is what allows us. You know, sometimes we don't have things, not because we don't, not because it's not God's will, but because we don't ask for it. Jesus said this, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. You know, sometimes we say, oh, it, well, I didn't get it just because, you know, it's not God's will. Maybe it's not God's will. And yeah, we, we understand there's God's will in everything. But a lot of times we don't get things, not because it's, it's, it's not in the will of God, but because we never asked for it. We never asked. We never took the time to seek God and ask him, God, I need your strength. You know, something that I love to do, I, I just, I started doing this, and I just, I love it, is after, uh, after, a lot of times after work, I'll go, there's this place uh, by my work, it's, it's a park called Twin Lakes Park, uh, and I'll go there, and there's not a lot of people there, and I love to just walk, I go walk around the park, and I just spend time, and I just pray to God. Just simple prayers, just, just walk around and say, God, I need you today, God, I need you so much. You know, maybe something, something isn't working out or, or, or I just, I see that I, I need God in my life. I see that maybe I'm growing cold and, and, and I need him to renew the fire in me again. And I just, I just walk around and I just, you know, very simple prayers is God, you know, I need you. And I just, just walk around and just pray and just ask God strengthen me. And you know what? Something that's so funny that happens is a lot of times I don't feel anything. But what happens is after that prayer I feel like I have strength. I feel like something is in me that's giving me the power to live a holy life. Something in, I got something, you know, changing me. I got some kind of strength. There's something that's, that's happening when I position myself with prayer because prayer is humility. A person that's proud doesn't pray. They don't need God for anything. They just, you know, I'll, I can do it by myself. But prayer is humility. And the Bible says that God gives grace to who? To the humble. God gives grace to the humble. God lifts up the humble. He lifts us up when we humble ourselves. And when we take the time to pray and say, God, I need you. God, I can't do it by myself. My strength is not enough. But Lord, I know that my power is found in you. And when we begin to just pray and just, you know, you might not feel anything. You might feel a lot. You might feel, you know, just how the Holy Spirit is changing and filling you. It's awesome. But sometimes you don't feel anything. And that's okay because God was, is still doing his work in your life. God is still doing his work in your heart. Something is happening when you are praying. Something is happening when you decide, no, I am going to pray to God. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to seek him. Uh, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask uh, Alvina if, if she could read. Uh, we were talking about this, and she shared uh, something on her heart. God, God put like a poem, um, and she's going to read it. God put this on my heart like a couple weeks ago, and it's interesting how it immediately started service. It was actually something on my heart um, about the temple of God, um, what he spoke to me personally about how a lot of times we are on the outside of that temple. We don't go into that holy place. We don't step into the holy of holies and spend time in God's word and with God. And I mean, this is a word that God put on my heart, and it doesn't rhyme, but I know it's from God. It's called, Don't Stay in the Outer Courts. Outer courts 
is for the observers. It's a place where people walk around, somewhat like behind the doors. They pass by the temple, but choose to remain in the outer courts. The Holy of Holies is not reached by many, but the outer courts flows with people that rarely go in. Jesus has won it. He tore the veil. He gave us freedom to come and know our God. But many times we choose to remain in the outer courts. We get caught up with ourselves and this world. Our condition gets cold and our heart is so callous. But we hear God say, don't stay in the outer courts. That place is not for you. I will fill you with my spirit, with my power and might. You won't be able to contain it. I am your God. Come, come be with me. Pass through the outer courts. Come into the holy place and I will tell you the sacred things of God. I will prepare you for what is to come. Yes, Lord. We want to come into your holy place. We want to give up. But our flesh, flesh takes over so much. It takes away the room for your spirit to work. We're trying to fight it, but we fail on our own. Lord, take us past those outer courts to the place where we belong, where your glory dwells and your peace remains. Amen. Don't stay in the outer courts. Don't remain in the outer courts. You know, I want to say that the Holy Spirit wants to strengthen every single one of us. He wants, to, he wants to come in and he wants to give us new life. Let's not resist what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Let's not resist what the Holy Spirit is wanting. Don't resist what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. You know, a lot of times we, like Albino was saying, we remain in the outer courts. We, we, we remain in the place where we feel comfortable, where we don't give access to God, where we don't allow the Holy Spirit to take control. We don't allow the Holy Spirit to come and move freely and to give us new desires and to give us a new heart and to change the way we even think. A lot of times we want to hold on to things that we're so comfortable with. Our flesh does not want change. Our flesh does not want God to take over. But I want to say that without the, the Holy Spirit's power, you will never be able to follow God. Christianity will be boring. It will be, it will be a, a, just something that, that's, that somebody's putting a leash on you. You know, you, you, you're going to feel ch- chained and shackled by Christianity. It will become a religion when you don't allow the Holy Spirit to take over your life, when you don't allow the Holy Spirit to come and, 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 to, and to give you part of Him, when He comes into your life and He removes those things. A lot of times we want to we wanna keep, we want to hold on to our life. We want to hold on to our interests, our hobbies, our desires. We want to hold on to ourself and we're reluctant to give God ourself. We're reluctant to say, God, take over my life. It seems very, it seems like a very difficult decision or, or a very, a very uh, you know, we don't want to give up. We don't want to give up ourselves. We don't want to give up to God. But God wants to change. God wants to, you know, here's the thing is God's power is there. It's available. It's not just for certain people. It's not for just Dima or pastor or whoever. It's for all of us. Amen. It's for every single one of us. God's power is available, but we need to surrender. We need to open up our hearts. We need to open up our life and say, God, I need you in my life. I need your power because right now my life is empty without your power. 
right now my life is empty without your grace. And you might not feel God's grace because you're still holding on. You know, there's things that, you, that you know, we struggle with. There's things that we all go through. Uh, you know, we go through difficulties. Sometimes there's tests and, and we have to overcome sin and it's a battle. But sometimes we don't even feel God's presence at all. We don't feel God at all. And there's no desire to follow God. And it just feels very cold. And we need the Holy Spirit to come in and just to, to change things up. And I believe today the, the word I, I, that, I, that God put on my heart, I believe God wants to change our hearts tonight. I, I believe he want, the Holy Spirit wants to come in and, and, and change your desires. Maybe, maybe the things that, that you're dreaming about, the things that you're talking about. Maybe you're talking about things that, that don't have anything to do with God, but God wants to change that tonight. Let's stand up and, and we're going to begin to pray. And, and if we could, worship team, if we could uh, sing the song, uh, Break Every Chain, just, just a couple, couple people on the worship team.